Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Center. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jacob Biswell. But I want to preach to the Proverbs 31 church this morning. Not the Proverbs 31 woman. I think in our Christian circles, we can often create this list of what we think a woman should be. But I think it is both an indictment and a prophetic message to the church this morning that we are to be like Proverbs 31. If the church is the bride of Christ and Proverbs 31 is the standard for a wife, then I think we need to apply it to us. And if we do that, then what does that look like? So I want you to go on this journey with me this morning. Hopefully I can understand my notes. I typed them in 30 minutes this morning. Proverbs 31.10 Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Who can find a virtuous church? That word virtuous. That word virtuous in the Hebrew means a force to be reckoned with. It's not just a woman of virtue. Oh, nice, sweet little. It's a woman of power. That word means power. It means strength. It means a force to be reckoned with. Who can find a church that is a force to be reckoned with? A virtuous church is priceless. Its worth is far above rubies. We should cherish a virtuous church. Verse 11, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. We're the bride of Christ. Our husband is Jesus. The heart of Christ safely trusts the church. The church's purpose is so that Jesus would have no lack of gain. This would be reference to the Great Commission. Go, make disciples of all nations. Gather the harvest so that He will have no lack of gain. To trust is to believe in the reliability, the truth, the ability, the strength of, to have faith in, to believe in the honest and worth of. The Hebrew word is the word batak. It means to trust wholeheartedly to be confident to be bold to be secure other translations say she will greatly enrich his life one says prove a great asset to him we should greatly enrich Christ glorifying him both individually and corporately we should prove as the church the greatest asset to the kingdom of God. We are the body of Christ. He is the head. Jesus trusts in and has confidence in His church. Shouldn't we? Verse 12. She does Him good and not evil all the days of her life. The church should do Christ good and not evil. 
We should spread the name of Jesus all the days of her life. A church without Christ is a church non-existent. I read this week there's a, a pastor of a Christian church who is a devout atheist. I don't know how those two work together. But here's the thing. A church without Jesus is no church at all. Some pulpits only preach good advice rather than good news of the crucified Christ. We should do Him good and not evil. Verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She, the church, should seek the tools needed to help with her work. Other translation says, works with eager hands, works with willing hands in delight, works with willing hands to develop it, worketh with diligent hands, plying her hands with ready skill. Church, we should be eager to work. Willing to work with delight and development. We should be diligent in our work with ready skill. To have a ready skill, we need to be trainable. We need to be pliable. We need to be a church that is willing to learn. What is that work? Win the lost. Equip the saved. Verse 14. <clears throat> she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. The church should go. The church should be in the field, both near and far. We have the greatest treasure. But you know what propels us? Desperation. Desperation. Why would we not help others and tell others the good news? Verse 15, she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. We are the light of the world, the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. When night comes, we rise to bring light to the world. Come on, y'all. To bring light to others and their situation. I want to say that again. When night comes, we rise. Isaiah 60. Arise and shine, for your light has come upon you. Though deep darkness covers the earth, when night comes, we rise. That's a whole message in and of itself. Pastor Susanna, write that down for me. I'm going to preach a message someday. The church should provide food for her household. Jesus is the bread of life and the Word of God is our food. The Amplified Classic translation says, get spiritual food for her household. We should do more than give good advice. We should feed. Proverbs 31.16 she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. 
Amplified Classic says this, she considers a new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. We need to steward what we've been given. From her profit, she plants a vineyard. Think of the parable of the sower. To plant a vineyard, you must plant seeds first. You must cultivate it and nurture it so that it will grow properly. See, I think too often we buy the field and we do nothing with it. We get the presence of God around our lives and we're satisfied. But we don't sow it because we're not desperate. To plant a vineyard, you must plant seeds first. You must cultivate it and nurture it so that it will grow properly. From her prophets, the church should do more outreach, more training in the Word, in discipline, in doctrine, in obedience to the Word, and the impartation of the presence of God. Verse 17, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arm. The Hebrew word for strength used in this verse is Oz. Like the Wizard of Oz. Ozzy. And it means might. Strength, power, security. It is both material and physical as well as personal and social and political. The church should gird itself with strength, both material and physically, as well as in personal relations and socially and politically. And by politically, I don't mean politics. I mean affecting and influencing culture that we are pointing people to Jesus. And by that way, we are serving the community, helping the poor. Other translations say that she is energetic and strong, a hard worker. How briskly she girds herself to the task, how tireless her arms are. The work of the church never ends. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I think it was the year before I played a, a clip of all these people taking an interview. And in the interview, the interviewer says, well, now you need to know that you never get a break or a lunch break. And the job requirements are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And holidays, you have a bigger workload. And the people's face just keep getting shocked. And the more they say, no, you don't get bathroom breaks. And you've got to cook for the client. And you've got to give them baths. And the people are like, I thought I was interviewing for like a CEO position. And the interviewer says, yep. You're interviewing to be a mom. Work of a mom never ends. Work of the church never ends. The church should be energetic and strong. Should be vibrant with its love for Christ. Should be a hard worker briskly girding itself to the task at hand. Verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. What is the merchandise of the church? Christ and Him crucified. Salvation through Christ. Christ 
is the very power of salvation, the Great Commission. We should not be afraid or ashamed of the gospel. It's not just good advice. It's good news. We need to know that we know that we know this. And when the culture gets dark, when the night of the world comes, our light should shine brighter than ever before. Our lamp does not go out. We endure, never losing strength. We are the glorious church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds to the spindle. From being trained in the Word, in discipline, in doctrine, in obedience to the Word, the church should stretch out to the tools that they have and hold on to them. Don't let go of the Word, church. Let it continue to have its work in you. Let it continue to transform you. You are the beautiful tapestry of the Lord. You are His poemia. You are His creation. Ephesians 2.10 You are the craftsmanship of the Lord. That word craftsmanship, it's the word poemia. We translate into our word poem, but a better translation of it is tapestry. You are the picture that God chooses to reveal Himself to the world. Hold fast to the tools. Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches her hand out to the needy. Amplified Classic says, whether in body, mind, or spirit. I don't even need to go into detail on this one. This is who we're supposed to be. Verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, sound judgment, and self-discipline. 1 John 4.18 says there is no fear in love, but that perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Other translation says she has no fear of winter for her household, for she has made warm clothes for all of them. The church has no need to be afraid of snow and winter, of when the culture and the government turns away from God, for all her household is clothed with scarlet, with the blood of Christ. Yes, we are to be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves, full of wisdom, but we are not to be motivated by a spirit of fear and timidity. We should speak the Word of God in situations even when under persecution. A friend of mine was speaking at a conference in a large kind of seeker church and she was pulled backstage after her first session and the pastor came to her and said, listen, in our church, we choose to use the, the name God instead of the name Jesus. Because we find that people get offended at the name Jesus. And so we have a lot of fresh people. And so we just we don't want to use the name Jesus when you're preaching. If you could just pull back on that. My friend is not timid or afraid. And she said, then, Pastor, keep your honorarium and I'll just leave. Oh, I didn't mean to offend you. And she said, you didn't offend me. You offended Jesus. 
And he said, oh, that's not our desire. We just want people to feel comfortable. And she said, if they feel comfortable in your church without the name Jesus, then they won't feel very comfortable in hell when they're burning for all of eternity. So, Pastor, you have two options. You can repent and let me preach this next session and I'm going to change my whole message. Or you can let me go. She said the pastor fell on his knees, began to cry out. She said she got up in the next se session and then she began to preach the, the unadulterated gospel of Jesus. Before she could even finish, hundreds began to run to the front. She wasn't even going to give an altar call. She was told not to give an altar call because of COVID. She was told, don't lay hands on people. Don't, don't touch anyone. And people began to flood the altar. 627 people gave their lives to Jesus because she preached without fear the gospel of Jesus. Because the gospel of Jesus is what transforms. The gospel of Jesus is what saves. The gospel of Jesus, we are clothed with the blood of Jesus. We have no fear of winter because we are clothed in scarlet church. Verse 22, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Other translations say her clothing is of linen. It is fine and it is pure and it is of purple. That which the clothing of the priests and the hallowed cloths of the temple were made. The church, we are clothed as kings and priests unto God. That's your identity. You're not some weakling. You have been bought with a price and you've been called as priests and kings. Peculiar people, royal priesthood set unto God. You're clothed. We're not saved by our works, but by grace. We're the prodigals who came running back and He clothed us with a garment. He put a ring on our finger. Wear it proudly. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. That's Jesus, y'all. There's no Jesus in the church. There's no good news. If Jesus isn't the core of the message, then it's just hot air. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And because of his wife, he's known. Because of his wife, his bride, we're responsible. It says in 23, I skipped ahead. Her husband is known in the... No, I'd read that. Her husband is known in the gates. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. That Hebrew word for make in this verse is the word asa. It means to do wholeheartedly. She makes fine linen garments and leads others to buy them. She delivers to the merchants girdles or sashes that free one up for service. May we be clothed in the righteousness of God in Christ. The church should help train us and discipline us to be clothed in His righteousness, both in deed and thought to be clothed in His righteousness will cost us May we be willing to pay the price. May we be desperate enough. Verse 25. Strength and honor 
are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. That's our clothing, strength and honor. The word for strength there is again that word oz. It means strength, power, security. Other translation says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. The message says she always faces tomorrow with a smile. Y'all, I don't care how bad it gets. You've got the joy of the Lord to be your strength. The Bible says that God rejoices over us with singing and He laughs at our enemies. We should look at tomorrow and go, ha, He's already got it figured out. I don't have to fear tomorrow. We've read the book. We know that regardless of how bad things might be, we know who wins. Our trust and hope in God helps us to always face tomorrow. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Other translation says this, ripe wisdom governs her speech. Look at that, ripe wisdom. But it is kindly instruction she gives. She talks shrewd sense and offers kindly counsel. When she speaks, her words are wise and kindness is the rule for everything she says. Loving instruction is on her tongue. Ripe wisdom should govern what the church says. Not the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of God, which is rooted and grounded in the Word of God. But we should also speak in kindness. It should be the rule for everything the church says. Listen, it is the kindness, the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. Now, His kindness and His goodness often look different than what we would think in our politically correct world of what kindness and goodness look like. Sometimes His kindness in dealing with the church is flipping over our tables and whipping us. He did that with the religious. Then do that with the world. With the world, He knelt in the ground and drew a line. The church should speak words that are full of morality, not based on the world's morality, but in God's way of doing things. Words that provide skills for living correctly. The Hebrew word in this verse for wisdom is chokmah. And it means skillfulness, craftsmanship, we should craft our words. I think too often, and I've been guilty of this, especially in our social media world, we don't craft our words well enough. We should have the tongue of the learned and the pen of the ready writer. Verse 27. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. It's where we lose our passion. It's where we lose our desperation is in our idleness. The Hebrew word for household used in this verse is baith. And it includes household affairs. Birdie, who will be with us next week, the name of her church is baith church. 
dealing with the household affairs, the household of God. And I'm telling you, buckle up loosely for next week. Like, hold on for the ride because it's going to be wild. But be ready to receive. Be ready to get all that they're going to bring to us. I, I, Birdie will be 80 years old. And she doesn't act like it at all. She's five foot nothing full of fierce wisdom and anointing that she has dearly paid the price for over the last 60 odd years of ministry. And I'm telling you, when you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. That's the anointing wisdom on their life. So come next week ready to receive and honor the prophetic gift that's coming to this house. She is a prophet. I have no bones about saying that. She is a prophet through and through. She's paid the price, but she wouldn't even call herself a prophet. She would never take on that title because she just wants to see Jesus glorified and the church awakened. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Other translation says... She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. And the bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, and self-pity, she will not eat. As members of the church, we should not eat the bread of idleness, of gossip, of discontent, and self-pity. We avoid this by being busy about the Father's work. Verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Her husband, Christ, calls the church blessed and praises her. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The Hebrew word for blessed used in this verse is ashar. It means happy, blessed, prosperous, successful, straight, right, and contented. The Amplified says this, Her children stand up when she walks in the room and call her blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. And her husband boastfully praises her. Christ boasts of and praises the church. If Christ says the church is a shar, shouldn't we? Verse 29. We're getting close to the end, y'all. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. May the church excel in proven worth and strength of character that is steadfast in goodness. May the church excel in behavior showing high and moral standards. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. The church should stand in awe of and revere the Lord. The fear of the Lord produces healthy and wise actions. The praise of the previous verses isn't to be used for a church that is charming and beautiful, but to be used for the church that fears and reveres the Lord. This is the greater thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you. Finally, verse 31. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Just as we reap what we sow, The church receives the fruit of her hands. Let the works of the church bring Christ praise. This morning, if you in your own life 
man or woman. That's the only two. Man or woman. Find yourself not fulfilling any of those things in Proverbs 31. You want me to pray for you? I want to do that. If you've lost your desperation, I want to pray for you. But before we do that, as is custom every week, the greatest thing I could ever do is lead you to Jesus. If you've never made a decision to follow Him this morning, you've never surrendered your life and repented of your sin, let me give you an opportunity to do that this morning. If you're in this room this morning, you say, maybe I did it one time, but I'm not now. I'm far from Him. You want to recommit. I want to lead you in that this morning. Church, will you stand? If you're watching by live stream this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is between you and God this morning. If you've never made a decision to follow Christ, or this morning you're far from Him and you want to rededicate, come back to the Lord. I'm going to walk you through repenting of your sin and talking to Jesus this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand. You fit either of those categories. If you're watching by live stream, pray with us this morning. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Everything I've done that is wrong in your eyes. I ask your forgiveness. This morning, I choose to follow you. Laying aside all my hangups, I give them to you. And I receive your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or visit www.equippingcenter.us.